following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. Hey everybody, it's Friday. That means it's time for the Players' Lounge. Your boys are back here for 45 minutes of football talk, and I am excited. It's just too long after you go day-to-day like we've been to have to go week-to-week. So I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by Barry Church and Danny McCray, two guys who played for the Dallas Cowboys, and we've got a ton of topics to get into. Barry, Danny, how are we doing today, fellas? Doing great, man. Doing amazing. Um, you know, so many topics, so many things that we can discuss, man. We're used to doing it every single day, but we got to do it all in one day in 45 minutes. So let's get it cracking. Yeah, I- I'm doing good, man. I, I got to admit, I'm a little jealous, man. I- I've been stuck in the house for a while. My man Church is out there with the nice <laughs> You know, with the uh... Mm, you know, got mm, his National mm. Geographic shirt on because he just go. You, you know, know I, I'm, I'm 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 a little envious, but you know we, we'll be out soon. That nigga sound, so I'm all right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want me to open the shades, TV? Yeah, let me see the shades. Let me see the shades, church. Uh, it's, it's a little bright, man. I don't know if y'all ready for this. It's a little bright out there. Ooh-wee, boy. That, that ja- you know what, mm. man? I don't want to. I don't want to ever hear you talk bad about the Jacksonville Jaguars again. Okay, not ever, <laughs> Who, ever, me? ever again. Yes, you. All that money they gave you in that highlight, baby. Exactly. Oh, they get, they get. Some people get swindled out here, man. I, I do the swindling. You know. <laughs> All right. All right. Let us start oh, with the man. new. Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator. It is Dan Quinn. It's a name that we've talked about before on this show. Dan Quinn comes over from the Atlanta Falcons, where he was a head coach. Helped took the take the Falcons to a, uh, a Super Bowl, a game they should have won. They were up twenty-eight to three against the New England Patriots. That was a defensive game, by the way. He was calling, so he takes over from Mike Nolan, who was absolute failure. Just one year with the Dallas Cowboys. All right, this real simple question, guys: Are you drinking the Kool Aid that Dan Quinn? Is is the defensive coordinator now as he's supposed to go to a 4-3 and make this defense simple. I'll start with you, Church. All right. Uh, well, first, I got to give credit to my boy, D-Mac. I mean, he called this out, you know, weeks ago, maybe even a month or two ago. He called it out. So I got to give props to D-Mac. He was right on that one. But uh, overall, man, I think this could be a solid hire. I'm not saying it's the flashiest or the best hire the Cowboys could have had, but I think it's a solid hire. Um, you know, look, it, I can see why some people can, you know, got the got the negative thoughts about this because it could be like this, it could be similar to that Mike Nolan situation where Mike Nolan came in here and his record with defenses wasn't that good. I mean, he was 20, 23rd, I think, 24th and 27th in the league, and he came here and it was an absolute failure. So I can see why people can say the same thing about Dan Quinn because even though he was a head coach in Atlanta, he was a defensive-minded head coach, and he was a part of that 28. Uh, three comeback by the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Shoot, he had us. You know, uh, we were they were up twenty against us, and he let us come back. And then against Tampa Bay later on in the year, he was up seventeen, and they were able to come back. So I can see where people kind of have these negative thoughts about Dan Quinn joining the Cowboys and what really can he bring to this defense. But the reason I say it's a solid hire is because I think if he can bring that simplicity back to the defense, if he can just bring that 
not saying that exact same as Seattle, but to where it's, look, the offenses know what we're in. Y'all just got to defeat us because I think it will allow our players to play a lot faster than they did last year. With Mike Nolan's system, there was a lot of moving parts, a lot of thinking um, pre-snap and post-snap, and I feel like it confused our linebackers. It confused our defensive line, and we weren't able to get the most out of our defense. Those guys were playing slow. So I feel like if he can bring that simple defense, like Seattle was doing back when they had the Legion of Boom, I feel like these players will run a lot faster, and I feel like we can get more production out of our defense and hopefully more splash plays but overall i think it's a solid hire yeah i, I agree you, you you know i gotta go with it because i picked them as being one of the top uh hires for for, for the cowboys and i say this because I, I i really believe that when you get a guy who can focus solely on defense and they've proven that once they're able to focus just on one phase of the game they can be very very good that they can come here and do the same thing. When he went to Atlanta, it was different. He had more responsibility, and, and, and it didn't work out for him. And I say that you can use Wade Phillips as an example. When he was here with the Cowboys, when I got here, they let him go in the middle of the season. And then I brought up a tweet that he showed that you can go from a 4-3 to a 3-4 and have success and have guys on the, on the Broncos playing well or have guys on the Rams playing well when you focus solely on defense. And I think that'll be a, a renewal for Dan Quinn when he gets here because he'll be able to focus on what we have uh, currently on defense. And he actually has some pieces comparable to what he had in Seattle. When you when you look at Seattle's uh, roster when they went to the Super Bowl, they had Red Bryant, Tony McDaniel, Brandon Meebane, Chris Clemens, Bruce Irvin. When you look at some of those names, we have Demarcus Lawrence, we got Randy Gregory. Before you got rid of, well, before uh, Nolan got in here, uh, LVE and Jalen Smith were two of the top linebackers in the league. So when you look at that KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner, before Nolan got here, you could say, hey, these guys were sending to be guys like that. So I think that uh, that he has some pieces to work with, something similar to Seattle, and he can get in here and make these guys uh, play to the best of their ability. So I'm, I'm hyped. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm, I'm sure that the defense will be better than it was last year because we were at a record all-time low. <laughs> I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm not drinking it. I've, I've been fooled too many times through the years, man, so, so I'm just not going to drink the Kool-Aid. Um, I will say this. I once said it can't get worse, and I watched it get worse. So I won't mm -hmm. sit around here and say that. But I will say this. At least bringing in somebody who will run the scheme that, they, that, that, that fits this players, that's already a plus. He's a 4-3 guy, so he will bring that. Here are a couple of questions I have here. Uh, number one, is this defense still working? This, this cover three scheme they're trying to run. Seattle's 22nd in the league at it, right? That's Pete Carroll, where he came from. Um, that defense this year was not good, and we saw how, how, how it didn't hold up in the playoffs. Um, the Chargers run the same defense. They were number 10 in the league last year. Atlanta, this defense that Dan Quinn's bringing over was, was number 29. The Cowboys were number 23 in defense. So that's my first question. Can this defense still work in 2021? My other question, who's going to be your safety here? Uh, you got to have a quarterback out there. Uh, Earl Thomas was outstanding for Dan Quinn in Seattle. And then Ricardo Allen, that was his guy in Atlanta. He was a quarterback when they went to the Super Bowl that year. He could be a cap casualty. Uh, he's slated to make $8 million in 2021. I don't see that happening here. So Ricardo Allen is a guy who could be free. Uh, we've talked before about one of the problems I thought Mike Nolan had was he didn't bring anybody in who could run his defense. So Ricardo Allen's a name that the Cowboys need to be looking at here. Could they possibly bring Bring him in here. Uh, Demontre KZ, 
towards Achilles last year. He's a strong safety. He is going to be a free agent. That's another interesting name. You talk about guys who can go ahead, some veterans who understand what, uh, what Dan wants out of his defense. Um, Justin Simmons. There's a free, a free safety out there. Now, here's Ooh, the problem with pricey. Justin Simmons. Coming from Denver. He's going to be pricey. He's well, he's going to be pricey, but oh, by the way, worse than pricey, Todd Francis is agent. Dak's guy. So Ooh. I don't, think that, I don't <laughs> think that will happen. Okay, so so when I talk about uh, then, uh, Danny, you already hit it here because it's my other question about uh, Dan Quinn. Where's the defensive line? Um, Dan Quinn is a defensive line. That's where he got his, his, uh, his starter. So he's a D-line coach at heart who's become a coordinator. The Cowboys have got to get better at that. Um, yes, we've talked about Tank Lawrence. We've talked about Randy Gregory. But up there in the middle, they got problems. And, you know, he had a Grady Jarrett in Atlanta when they went to the Super Bowl. And obviously you talk about Brandon Meebane. You talk about Red, Red Bryant. Uh, you had a, a, a Michael Bennett. You had some guys who could play up there in that front with Seattle. And... As great as their back end was, the Legion of Boom was, they could get home with four guys. Right now, the Cowboys don't have four guys who can get home. So my big question with Dan, why I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid, is while he may be able to want to come in here and put in his scheme, right now, the Carpenter doesn't have enough tools. And that's something i got to see exactly. the Cowboys go ahead and, and, and give him. All right, so we've touched on Dan Quinn. Let's add another piece to this defense. They are bringing in Joe Witt Jr. He's going to be their passing game coordinator, and he'll be a DB coach. I'm not sure which DB coach is leaving, be it Maurice Lindquist or Al Harris. Um, part of me thinks Al Harris may stay because that's a guy who Mike McCarthy uh, had had a working relationship with, and he played for Mike McCarthy. The thing I keep hearing about Joe is that he's a teacher. And on, on the Players' Lounge podcast brought to you by Hotels.com, Danny and Barry, you guys consistently talked about who's teaching these guys. Apparently, he's a teacher. Wick comes from Atlanta, where he was with Dan Quinn, and he previously coached with Mike McCarthy at Green Bay. So I, I, I right there on that move, I like that because at least the defensive coordinator has a guy who can worry about the back end who he can trust and knows the head coach can trust him too. And then Quinn, we know he can go ahead and help operate on the front. And I think they'll be – and, of course, we know they'll be looking for a new D-line coach since they got rid of Tom Sula. So, McCray, your thoughts on Joe Vitt Jr. coming in here? Uh, listen, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent to it, man, because I, I think Dan Quinn's uh, defense is simple enough, and I think that he'll be focused enough to be able to teach it. I think it's a plus that, that you have a guy with, some, with that type of experience that you've already coached with that knows really what you want and how you want it to be taught. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't really know enough about the guy to say that he's going to be head and shoulders over what we currently have. But uh, he's had some success in Cleveland. Uh, he had some success in Green Bay. So, you know, I, I think he has, has a good chance to be better than, than what we currently have. But I, I'm not sure about him. We'll have to see. But I'm, like I said, I'm all in on Dan Quinn. For me, for me, they have to. If you're going to bring in a guy like Joe Witt, and from what you said, Nui, he's supposed to be like, you know, there's a teacher, this guy who can, who can really teach the system and philosophy. If they're going to bring a guy like that in, which they've already done, they're going to have to keep Al Harris. They got to keep Al Harris because, Danny, you can attest to this. When you're in a room with simply a guy that can, is just a teacher and who has never like really been out there in the field or in the trenches, guys don't really listen to that. I mean, we had a guy in our secondary room by the name of Joe Baker. He was, you know, great friends with, you know, Jason Garrett and all that. And he was a Princeton oh, guy. And uh, he was so, oh. you know, smart. He knew all the X and O's. And he, could, he was a great teacher of the game. 
But when it came to the on field, he just didn't get it. He just didn't understand like that you had to anticipate things or why why aren't you standing a yard outside the hash? You should be a yard outside the hash. But your instincts keep kick in. Even if you make the play and you're not where you're supposedly, he's upset about it. So to me, <laughs> They've got to keep Al Harris in there, someone that the players can relate to, someone that the players can go up there and say, hey, man, Al, how did you play this when you were here? You were a successful corner in the league. How did you play this? And I think guys will they'll, they'll listen to they'll listen to Wit, but I feel like they'll relate more to Al Harris. So I think they have to keep him in there to keep that secondary room just accountable and just just together as one. Because like I said, Danny, you've been there when it was just one teacher in there that really never played the game. It's hard to keep veterans and it's hard to keep guys' attention like that. So they got to keep Al Harris if they're going to bring uh, Joe Witt in. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. Listen, this is why, this why I said I don't know enough about the guy. And then you went out there and compared him to Joe Baker. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I don't... <laughs> I don't know how, how good I feel about keeping any one of the of current uh, DB coaches that we have just based off what we seen last year. But like I said, we, we weren't able to, to to be as close as we usually are and hear, hear what we usually hear from inside the locker room because of COVID. So I'm not really sure who's really at fault with it. But if you say we need to keep Al, I'm, I'm cool with keeping Al. But I don't think Joe Witt is anything like Joe Baker. Just looking... <laughs> At the, at just looking at the photos and hearing the pedigree that he had previously before he got here, I don't think that's the same. Not shots against Joe Baker, but we know he didn't play, uh, you know, so so kind of that connection that you had as a, a current and former player wasn't there. But I, I, I'm not going to compare him to, to Joe Witt. Goodness gracious. One of the things that I, I had um, – had thought about with, with Dan Quinn and coming to the Cowboys and, and people talking about simplifying the defense. When you run a quote-unquote simple scheme, you need great players. And yep. I, I, had, I had some conversations with John Randall, uh, Hall of Fame defensive end, played the Minnesota Vikings, played for Tony Dungy, you know, that, that, that defense that he, ran, he went on to Tampa and took and that Tampa too. Uh, they had great players. You know, he had a Keith Millard up front, had, had John Randall up front. You had Chris Dolman. Um, and then you go and you look at another defense that Tony Dungy was a part of. Tony played on the Steelers Super Bowl thirteen team, which included that steel curtain. We talk about just, you know, a simple scheme, but you had great players. You had Joe Green, Jack Ham, uh, Mel Blunt, Donnie Shell. And then that Tampa defense that he had helped build down there um, had Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, Rondé Barber, Simeon Rice, John Lynch. So... You want to run a simple defense, you need great players. And you go back and you look at the Atlanta team, the Dan Quinn coach, that year they had a special defense and they had some really good players in the J.D. Garrett. Vic Beasley had a good year. You had guys who made some plays. And then, of course, we all know what they had in Seattle, the two Super Bowl teams that Dan was a part of, one that won a Super Bowl, and then the second one, they didn't win it, but it wasn't his fault because it was the offense that lost that game, not the defense. So... You, that, that's where the Cowboys are at. You've got to give the Carpenter better tools. They do not have enough right now, and that's going to be something that uh, we, we have to dive into. All right, let's take our first. Go ahead, Danny. I was about to say. Now, listen, hold on, hold on. Before we go, because I, I just want to run through what we currently have and what we think Dan Quinn could work with. All right, because I know it seems like we don't have that many pieces. But if you look at the way he's able to get get the most out of the players that he has on the roster, like he did in uh, in Seattle, you look at a guy like Tank Lawrence. You look at a guy like Randy Gregory. 
You look at the up and coming star Neville Gallimore that Church says is there. Yes, you look at Trayvon yes. Diggs who who has the potential to be a really really good corner if you get him in the right scheme. We all talked about Cedric Wilson and how he could really be a good player if you got the right coach around him and put him in the right position to make certain plays. I think if you get guys who not, are not necessarily uh, all pros, but they know where to be and they know how to hustle and make tackles, which is what you have to do when you play a predominantly zone scheme. You have to know where to drop. You have to have your eyes on the quarterback and you have to be able to have the instincts to break and break and drive and uh, make tackles. I think that some of the players that we have on here, I think he has enough to start with. Now, you have, still have to go in and draft some guys. But as far as having a starting point, I think it's pretty bright for him. Okay, let's take our first break. Kellen Moore has a job interview with the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's dive into that. Louis Scruggs, Barry Church, and Danny McCray are joining me. It is the Players' Lounge. We do it every Friday at 1130 Central Time right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. Just like all of you, we at Seeky can't wait until we're back in the stands at full strength cheering on the Cowboys and singing along to our favorite songs again. We're using this time to make discovering, buying, and selling tickets to events in Dallas easier. Plus, every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is protected by our buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back or better if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app today, and when the time is right, let's go. SeatGeek. The Cowboys way where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. To the Players' Lounge. TNT continues to innovate new ways to connect Cowboys Nation with new and exciting game day experiences, including Starview, presented by AT&T 5G, available in stadium and for home use. Download the Dallas Cowboys mobile app and look for Starview under the stadium tab. You are in the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. I'm Newey Scruggs. We are in our SWBC virtual mortgage home studio. So, um... I'm just right here and still in town, and Danny's still in town. The church is living that lavish lifestyle provided by provided by Shad Khan. Provided by Shad. So. Shout out! Shout out to Shad Khan, man! Shout out to Shad Khan. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Shad and Tony of the Jacksonville Jaguars here. And, uh, also, oh, yeah. Hotels.com. Hotels. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Also, Hotels.com. Hold on, wait, wait, yes. church. Are you so is that a hotels.com thing that you're doing out there? Um, it can be. Uh, oh, okay, okay, <laughs> uh, it is. Hey, shout out to hotels.com. My bad, shout, shout out, out to hotels.com. Hotels. <laughs> yeah, shout out to them. That's the hook, right. that's the plug. So, <laughs> Kellen Moore is the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator, but the Eagles who fired Doug Peterson have called, and they want to interview Kellen Moore to be their head coach. So I'll start with you, McCray. Your thoughts on uh, Kellen Moore possibly possibly being the Eagles' next head coach. Listen, I, I don't want to sound like I'm just beating down on Kellen Moore. My, my, my real issue with Kellen Moore is that I want Mike McCarthy to be to take onus over calling the plays. I think Kellen Moore, can, he, he can really call plays. And if they're looking at guys like Sean McVay and uh, like young guys who come in and bring something new to these teams and get them energized, then yeah, go ahead and go to the Eagles. Let Mike McCarthy call these plays and focus on getting the ball to my man 19 and my guy 21. I think it's a good fit for him. And really, uh, that'll be shout out to Kellen because you, if you look at where he came from so quickly, it'll go from, mm. was it, uh, <laughs> was, it quarter, was it quarterback coach, offensive <laughs> coordinator, and then yes. uh, head coach and possibly head mm. coach of a college team. Like this is all within like two to three years. So shout out to him, man. Like he, he's doing something right and, and people are really liking what he's doing. I don't like it as much as they do, just specifically because I don't think he's focusing on the correct players to get us where we need to be. But shout out to him. I hope he goes, and I hope Mike McCarthy takes over the play caller. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you a little bit on this one, D-Mac. Uh, selfishly, I, I hope he goes to Philly because uh, I wasn't a huge fan. I was not a huge fan of the way he called plays uh, too many times this season. We'd be on the players' lounge. Why Why did we do this on fourth and inches? Why did we throw a hitch on this one? Why are we doing this? Why are we in five wide receivers in the red zone when we got a $90 million back in the backfield? It's just a lot of different things, a lot of different head-scratching moments uh, that caused me to say, hey, you know, Kellen Moore, I'm just not a huge fan of his play-calling ability. So hopefully, you know, he'll go out to Philly, have a great interview, and, and they hire him. But like McCray said, man, talk about betting on yourself this is a guy that was a he was a third a third he was a third not round pick but he was our third overall quarterback on the depth chart through injuries rose up played a couple games decided hey i want to be a quarterback coach went from a quarterback coach fast track to oc now he's declining head coaching jobs in college and then we got nfl <laughs> cats giving them giving them jobs out here so i mean talk about betting on yourself this guy has had an amazing run these past two or three years, I'm just climbing a ladder like I've never seen it before. So, shouts out to him as far as his work ethic. But, look, I hope Philly hires him because, like I said earlier, I'm not a huge fan of his play calling. I don't think he got the ball to the stars enough this year. But we'll see. We'll see. That's a lot. That's a lot to take on as a head coach. As an offensive coordinator, you are focused on one side of the ball. I got to I gotta focus on this offense and being the most productive offense we can do. When you're a head coach, you got the defensive side of the ball offense special teams you got to assemble your own crew as a coaching staff so i mean there's a lot to go in there as a head coach and hopefully he's ready for that no no who, what? whose coaching tree is he a part of he's a part of that garrett i think no, I, he's the first he's the first i, I, I that garrett tree i, 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 I want to hear new say it. i want to hear what church said what <laughs> oh man! He's that first limb, man. He's that first tree branch coming out. <laughs> and 
and, and we know what that and we know what that means. He won't be getting a job. Nope. Oh, <laughs> man. There you go. Maddie, he Maddie, Maddie, there you Maddie. go. Search. Where's Search? He hey, should not admit Eberflus? anything. You know, Matt, Matt oh, Eberflus no. ain't getting nothing right now. You know, look, to me, to me, this is a great opportunity both ways. It's a great opportunity for Philadelphia to try and get inside the mind of Kellen and what he was doing with the Dallas Cowboys and their offense and what, they, what he did to, to really make Dak Prescott surpass Carson Wentz. That whole who's better Dak Wentz debate, that thing is done. Uh, also, whoever takes his job, your job is to come in and fix a broken Carson Wentz and deal with a salary cap. Uh, bloated football team with a bunch of aging veterans. And I just don't think if I'm Jeff Lurie, that's where I would go uh, to bring in a first-time head coach who's got less than, than you know six years NFL experience coaching. So I, I just don't see that happening. But look, Al Davies used to bring in guys all the time, and he would want to pick their brains about where the, the Raiders should go and what they should do. Uh, he did that with Sean Payton, ended up offering Sean Payton the job, but Sean Payton didn't take it. I remember at the time Bill Belichick interviewed with Al Davis, and, and Belichick re- uh, had reportedly told Al Davis, you're not hiring me, you just, you, you're just picking my brain. And, and Al Davis kind of smiled like, you're right, because Al usually hired <laughs> offensive guys because Al was a defensive guy, so he wanted to hire offensive guys because Al felt like he could go ahead and pick players and do that thing. So I think this is a good opportunity for Philadelphia. It's a good opportunity for Kellen Moore. So if you're Kellen Moore, you're up there, you're trying to pick their brain and figure out what is it that's going on here because you got to go face these guys twice a year. So I, I, I expect Kellen Moore back is the bottom line. So I, I don't think Kellen gotta, Moore is going anywhere at all. Louie, quick question, Louie. How? I just want to know how Kellen Moore was able to rise up the ladder this quick. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen something like this happen <laughs> this quickly. Like, you went from a backup queue to not, you know, quarterback coach to OC. I mean, it's just so much steps in, in, in such a short amount of time. What? Like, how does this happen? Is it who you know? Is it who you know? Like, what, what, what you think? It's the, it's the Cowboys, and we've already seen it happen. Jason Garrett, we saw it happen. Jason Garrett was on Nick Saban's staff as a quarterback coach. Then the Cowboys hired him as a coordinator. He'd never called plays. And then after calling plays for one year off a 13-3 team, Atlanta offered him their head coaching job. Baltimore offered him their head coaching job. He turned it down because Jerry Jones signed into a big old fat contract to keep him and basically said, you'll be the Cowboys' next head coach. And the same thing happened to Kellen Moore. Okay, We've seen them do this. With their, I mean, you think about this. They've done this now in terms of, of keeping guys in the fold with big money deals. They did it with Sean Payton, did it with Jason Garrett, and now they've done it with, with Kellen Moore. So this is a part of it, and it's the Cowboys. Look, we can say whatever we want to about how many times Kellen Moore is getting Amari Cooper the football or Ezekiel Elliott, but these guys have been able to put up some numbers under Kellen Moore that certain teams would love to have out of their running back and out of their number one wide receiver and to have a Pro Bowl quarterback. So he's got this going for him. Kellen Moore's on TV every week. Okay? So so we know how people get influenced by perceptions. And the perception I'm just is if su- you're with the Dallas Cowboys, you're doing things right. You should not be surprised. I'm just surprised that teams aren't looking at it like, hold on. I'm just looking. Can you guys hear me? Am I still here? Yeah, yeah I, I, we got you. Okay, I got you. So, yeah, so I'm just looking at it like this. I'm surprised teams aren't looking at how the Cowboys are getting these stats. 
Like half of the time, we're down 21 points, 14 points, and we have to, you know, mount this offensive comeback. So we're putting up a lot of yards because the defenses we're playing against, they're doing, okay, we're up 21. Let's do a little prevent. And we'll allow all these shallow routes. We'll allow all these yards to accumulate as long as you don't come back. So I'm just surprised teams aren't looking at that, like how he's put up these numbers and how he got these great stats. It's basically from coming from behind. You mean, what were you doing when you first had the ball, when, when it was 0-0? You know? So I, I'm just surprised teams are looking at it like that. And frankly, I'm just surprised he, he was able to get a, get a head coaching opportunity this quick. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. To piggyback on that, Newell, you remember? I think it was a stat that, that they said, one of the commentators said, it was like 17 games without scoring an open and drive touchdown. I mean, that, yeah. that, that's a stat that you, that you have to look at and say, okay, how, how are we starting this game off? Because if you remember last, Jason Garrett's last year, well, the big thing was we just started slow almost every game. And Kellen Moore was offensive coordinator. So when you're looking at these mm-hmm. games and you're looking at stuff like that, you say, I can understand what church is like. Yeah, so what, are they just looking at, quarter, at the second half? Or are they just looking at the play design and saying, well, maybe that design fits the players that we have? Like, I, I'm, I'm kind of lost on it, but, you know, it's the, it's the Duvet effect, man. They, they want the young guys. They want the young guys as a cowboy <laughs> guy. They're able to be up in the news and all that stuff, so I get it. Fellas, fellas, all right. Make sure you got the, your Bose headphones on real tight because I'm going to shock you. Shock you with something I'm going to say. <laughs> Bill Parcells used to say this all the time. He said, perception is reality. And there is a perception that Kellen Moore is a really smart, innovative, good football coach. That is the perception. No matter what reality you who watch this and, and see and raise these questions, no matter what you think, the people who are in the hiring mode believe that. That's how a guy like Zach Taylor ends up becoming the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals because he stood next to Sean McVay and there was this perception that, you know what, he's got it. He, he's, he's the next Jedi because he learned from Master Yoda Sean McVay who learned from Kyle Shanahan who learned from the Daddy Mike. The perception versus reality always carries a big thing. And when it's the Cowboys, a part of the perception is, hey, this coach is really good or this player is really good. How many times have we seen guys leave the Cowboys sign big money deals at other places? It's the perception. So when it comes to hiring, you're sitting around here thinking that these people who do the hiring know what they're doing. They really don't in a lot of ways because – if you understood what the hiring, what hiring should be about, why is Eric BNB without a job? Yeah, I was okay, going to say, what's the perception because, on him? What, <laughs> because, what's the perception we've on seen the, What have we seen from the last two offensive coordinators from Andy Reid? They've been guys who've, who've made the playoffs. Matt Nagy with Chicago, Doug Peterson with the Eagles, Peterson won a Super Bowl. What else have we seen from, from Andy Reid's coaching tree? We've seen another guy. Jim Harb, I mean John Harbaugh, win a Super Bowl. So Andy Reid's produced some really good assistant coaches who become head coaches, but yet Eric Bieniemy's without a job. I'm just telling you, this starts to become the, the way they hire. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So I think yeah. Barry, you're trying to make sense out of something that, when you think about the NFL, the way they hire and the way they go about things, don't make no sense. I mean, because how is Joe Judge becoming a head coach? That's he was true. a special teams that guy. I mean, you know, special teams guy in New England who couldn't really get anybody from New England to go with him. He had to go get Jason Garrett, ask Jason Garrett to go bring a bunch of his staff up to New England with him. So when you're trying to make sense of how these folks like to hire, why they're doing it, don't, don't look for it to make sense. So they want to talk to Kellen Moore, fine. They want to talk to Kellen Moore. And good on Kellen, but I expect him back yeah. here with the Cowboys. The- All right, let's <laughs> go ahead. No, it's because just a quick one on the enemy. 
is not interviewing the enemy worth ruining the relationship with your starting $40 million quarterback? Because I'm still, the Texans have been doing confusing things for the last two years with Bill O'Brien and letting uh, DeAndre Hopkins go. And the newest thing is that, uh, you know, De- that Deshaun Watson says, hey, I want you to interview Eric Bieniemy. I want to be kind of involved because that's what you guys told me I was going to be. And then you don't even get a guy an interview. And then now the, the, the relationship is more strained with, with your starting quarterback. It, what is it about the enemy that these guys, they just don't want to give him a shot? All right, here's a real, I'll break it down real simple. Jack Easterby, okay? Jack Easterby is basically the right-hand man to the owner. Jack Easterby came from New England, brings in Nick Casario from New England. In New England, what did they do? They did things the way they wanted to. Did they consult Tom Brady? Did they go to Tom Brady and ask, hey, Tom, what you think about him? No, they never did, which is one reason why Tom Brady's not there now. So if they weren't trying to listen to what Tom Brady wanted to do, you think they were going to listen to Deshaun Watson because they think they... It's almost like the Jerry Krause deal when he was with the Bulls. He says, you know, players don't win championships. Organizations do. That's how they think. Okay? That's how mm-hmm. they think. So when Andre Johnson well, comes out and says what he did about Jack Easterby on Twitter, pay attention to it because he knows. They but, asked him, but they said... Y'all heard what they said a couple years ago. They don't want the, you know, prison... We don't want the prisoners running the... Uh, Running the asylum or whatever you say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, you know how they feel about it. (laughs) (laughs) Right, that was that was crazy. The the late Bob McNair, late Bob McNair said that. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I don't know. I I think he he was more he was upset because he said they 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 told him like they came to him and said they wanted him to be involved in the process, (laughs) and then and then you leave him out. Makes no sense. You're paying him forty million dollars, and then the guy (laughs) you had a guy hating your whole organization. Makes makes no sense. You gonna have a James Harden situation on your hand. Shout out to Houston, man. We just got issues. Well, and then you've got (laughs) Patrick Mahomes, who's in the ear of Watson, saying, "This is the guy you want. You want this guy. What am I? Look at what I am and what I'm doing today. It's this guy. So if Houston doesn't want to win, go ahead." it's, it unfortunately feels like Eric Bieniemy's on that same road that Tony Dungy was on when he was putting up winning defenses in, uh, in, in Minnesota. Defenses were finishing first and second in the league and couldn't get a job. And then you hear that old bull jive line, oh, he doesn't interview well. Well, what did we see when Tony Dungy finally got his job? By the way, it was the dog job of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he made him a consistent winner. Then he ended up going to uh, Indianapolis and winning a Super Bowl. So if that is the road uh, my mega man Eric Bieniemy has to travel, then, you know, if it can lead you to the Hall of Fame like it did Tony Dungy. Maybe it's dream deferred, but not denied. But at some point in time, somebody's going to realize that Eric Bieniemy is a guy with substance. You know, he's a guy with mm-hmm. some substance and the guy who's done it versus the Zach Taylors of the world, the Joe Judges of the world, um, who, who somehow have been selected by owners and general managers who feel more comfortable with them. Let's take a break. When we come back, we've got to get our playoff predictions in. And also, um, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer ends up at Danny's old place in Jacksonville. Get his take on uh, on a guy who's reportedly making twelve million dollars a year to run the whole thing. This is the Players Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com on DallasCowboys.com radio. It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep, steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, 
proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Back to the Players' Lounge. Players Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by Barry Church and Danny McRae. All right, fellas, um, we've got uh, Barry Church's old team, Jacksonville, bringing in Urban Meyer, uh, reportedly making $12 million a year. He's going to run the whole thing for Shad Khan and his son, Tony. Church, your thoughts? Uh, look, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think this one, I think this one was a good hire, man. Because look, he brings one. He'll sell tickets. Because I mean, if you think about it, Jacksonville is a college. It's basically a college town. It's an SEC town. We love college right. guys. We love all this. So bringing you bring an Urban Meyer in there, he's gonna sell you tickets. And you got the first overall pick, so you're probably gonna take Justin Lawrence or. Uh, whoever his name is, Lawrence, and then you also Trevor got Lawrence. over $100 million, Trevor Lawrence, and you also have over $100 million in cap. So you got a whole bunch of people that are going to want to come down there because there's no state tax. So he'll have his pick of free agents. He has the first overall pick plus 11 more picks in this draft. So he's, he's going to have the ability to make this team his own. And Jacksonville, they needed a culture shift. They needed someone to come in there and switch the whole culture from this losing attitude. And maybe this is the guy that can come in and do it. The only thing that can concerns me about Urban Meyer is that wherever he's been, there's always been a stacked team. In Utah, he was with Alex Smith and those boys. When he went down to Florida, he had Percy Harvin. He had Chris Leak. He had Tim Tebow. He had that whole shebang. When it was too tired, when he was tired of that, he went up to Ohio State. They were loaded. And to me, there's two things that worry about me is, is he just a guy that can coach, you know, stacked teams? So is he that good of a coach? And also, how how invested is he in this? Is he going to go out there and after a few years say, ah, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm going to retire like he did in Florida and like he did in Ohio State. So those are the only two things that concern me about him. But overall, I think it was a solid hire and he could uh, he could bring uh, Jacksonville back on the map. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's an OK hire. I mean, we just got through talking about the enemy. So, I, I, you know, I, I'm still I still think that there were better choices out there for Jacksonville. But uh, the, the, the main thing about Urban Meyer that concerns me is his health. I mean, if you think you had problems in college, 
Going, go out there to Jacksonville where not an expectation <laughs> is going to be that you are the guy who's supposed to turn things around and you got you have all the uh, all the power to, to, to make all the moves and they're putting all the onus on you to get this organization right on track and uh, and you having these health issues I think that's a big thing and I and anytime that I that these college coaches go to the NFL I always think back to when Nick Saban took his shot at the league and he just did not he could not handle dealing with those grown men out there it's a different game when you get out there to the NFL so we'll see how Urban Meyer does I think there were better options but Hey, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Because like Church said, he has a lot of cap space. And he can also pick Trevor Lawrence, who's supposed to be the second coming of uh, Andrew Luck and, and Peyton Manning and, and, and Tom Brady. So we'll, we'll see how it works. Well, for, for $12 million a year and uh, total autonomy and the ability to pick your GM, I could see why he did it here. Um, hey, Cowboys Nation, celebrate uh, the Cowboys commemorative season with... 30% off the entire 1960 Collection Plus Pro Shop has a huge selection of CD Lamb jerseys to celebrate his record-breaking rookie season, cold weather gear, and more deals for every fan. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or shop.dallascowboys.com for the best savings on your new gear today. All right, fellas, um, let's touch on another point here before we get into our picks. NFL draft, uh, are we thinking offense? I was reading Dane Brugler of The Athletic. He came out with his uh, second mock draft. He's got the Cowboys taking an offensive tackle, uh, Rashawn Slater, out of Northwestern University here. Uh, McCray, your, your thoughts? I mean, listen, <laughs> Dan Quinn's here. I said we need an offensive tackle. I'm still sticking with that we need an offensive tackle. And I'm going to run through this quickly. Richard Sherman, fifth round. Cam Chancellor, third round. K.J. Wright, fourth round. Red Bryant was drafted in the fourth round. Mebane, third round. Bobby Wagner, second round. You can draft an offensive tackle in the first round and still get you some guys on defense after that to make sure that you, you have the pieces for Dan Quinn. It's possible. That's the Those are the guys that he played with on the Super Bowl winning Seattle Seahawks team. So it can still be done. Sure up uh, your offensive line. Get those guys back to what they used to be. Protect Dak and then finish it off with defense. This is crazy to me, man. We, I just can't believe it. How bad our defense is. Every single year this comes around, where in the off, right when the season ends, man, we need defense. We need defense. But as the off season gets along, you start hearing creep and creep. Oh, this guy might be available. That guy might be available. Hey, our offense can get a lot stronger, man. We are going to be eight and eight, nine and seven for the rest of our lives, man. Our cap's going to be destroyed with this Dak Prescott deal. I mean, it, it, we need defense. <laughs> we need help. And you're going to put so much pressure on Will McClay to hit on these draft picks. It's ridiculous. But hopefully, you know, Dan Quinn got the juice. And he can do something with these players that Mike Nolan wasn't able to do. We will see. But we're going to be under a lot of pressure, man, for sure. One of the issues that um, I would love to know is how the scouts are changing the types of players they're looking for based on what Dan Quinn wants and we know Dan Quinn has a a defensive background on the defensive line I've got to think he's looking at this D line right out of the gate and says I need some help so do they do it in free agency and I think so much of what happens in the draft will depend on what they do in free agency which goes back to when do you sign Dak Prescott here so uh, I think the 10th pick 
in the draft could be in play. And the reason I say in play for the Cowboys is if there's four quarterbacks that people are talking about here and even three quarterbacks that go in the first round, one of those guys could end up at 10. Go back to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was the 10th overall pick in the draft, but the Chiefs traded up to go get it. Green Bay last year traded up to go get that kid um, and, and, uh, from Utah State, Love, Jordan Love. So uh, even Deshaun Watson, that was where Houston traded up with Cleveland at 12 to go get him. So I think if you're the Cowboys and you signed Dak Prescott to a huge deal, you've got several needs, okay? Not just cornerback. you got you got needs on the defensive line. They could possibly drop down, add extra firepower, and still get someone they like and possibly get somebody on that defensive line. So right now, before we get to free agency, I'm going to say the Cowboys are going to move this pick. We got to get to these um, NFL picks because we, we can't delay Church from getting out here and doing his thing on the slopes. <laughs> so, oh, I'll so tell let's, you what, man. <laughs> well, you tell you what, it's true, okay? We, we didn't lie to you. So the Rams, the Rams are at Green Bay Saturday, and Green Bay is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. DMAC, where are you going? I'm going Green Bay to cover my man Jerry Goff is back out there with a broken thumb. I don't see him going out there and beating Aaron Rodgers. And I'm going to give them a 35-17 to 17 win over the Rams. Mm, okay, okay. I'm seeing it the opposite way. I'm seeing Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers. I'm seeing uh, Leonard Floyd and those boys. I think they're going to get after after um, Aaron Rodgers out there, and they're going to be able to do it with just rushing four. And they're going to, uh, you know, do a lot of coverage back there. Ramsey's going to take away Devontae Adams. I got Rams winning this 24-17. 24-17. So, Jalen, uh, so you got Ramsey shutting down uh, or at least limiting Devontae Adams. And, okay, good stuff there. Give me Green Bay to win this thing 23-20. Saturday, Baltimore at Buffalo. Bills two-and-a-half point favorite at home. Church, where are you going? Man, this is probably the, to me this is going to be the best game of the weekend. I mean, you got two, two great offenses. Defenses are a little shaky, but, man, this is going to be a great one. But you know what? Lamar Jackson's on a little bit of a roll. He beat his arch nemesis in Tennessee last week. I got to go Baltimore in this one, 28 to 24. This is this going to be very interesting when we get back in here and do the, do the uh, recap. I'm going Bills 31-30, man. I think Josh Allen and, and Stephon Diggs are just, just playing too well right now. Uh, I think they're clicking on all cylinders. I think they have the defense to back it up. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, Lamar Jackson will lose this one, but he did get his first playoff win. So it's, it's sky's the limit for him after this year. But I think Buffalo is just rolling this year. So I'm going Bills 31-30. All right. Give me Baltimore to win 24-21. Sunday, Cleveland at Kansas City. Chiefs 10-point favorite. DMAC. 31-17. Uh, I think that Baker Mayfield, you know, goes back into his old self. I don't see them scoring that much on special teams and on, on defense. So I don't think they're able to put up that many points uh, on the Chiefs. So I'm going to go 31-17. We know Tyree Hill and Patrick Mahomes and those guys, that they're going to do their thing on offense. So I think they cover. Okay. Woo! Well, you know what? I think, I, you know, I think the Browns are going to shock the world this weekend. I think Nick Chubb and I think Kareem Hunt, they're going to run the Ooh. ball well. They're going to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. And I think that's how they're going to do it. They're going to chew up the game clock. They're going to score about, I think they're going to score 24 points. I don't know if, ah, that's tough, man. 24 points is going to beat Kansas City. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can do that one, but ah, give me the shocker, man. I'm going, I'm going, 
Cleveland 24, Kansas City 21. Wow. Three touchdowns I'll for take, Patrick Mahomes. I'll take the Chiefs 34-26. I just don't think Baker Mayfield is uh, going to be ready to go out of Kansas City and win this kind of football game. Beating the Steelers, rivalry game, a lot of personal things there. This is a whole lot different. Now you're trying to take on and beat the champs here. All right, our final one in New Orleans on Sunday. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are a three-point favorite to Drew Brees and the boys. D-Mac, what you got? That, this, this is the hardest one right here. But I think that the Saints swept the Bucks uh, in the regular season. And this could possibly be Drew Brees' last season as a New Orleans Saint. I did not like the way that the Bucks looked against Washington. The Bucks have this tendency to go out and play really well sometimes, and they come out and they look really bad other times. So I'm going with my guy Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints 31-28, Drew Brees, fourth quarter comeback touchdown to win the game. Ooh. Church, you, this is going to be a tough one, man. But for me, it's it's extremely hard in the NFL to beat a team three times. So I, I know they got them twice already, but I got to go with Tom on this one. I got Tom winning this game 28-21, and I think he does it pretty easily. All right, wow. give me the Saints to win it 31-29 to get it done here. Last week, we did it, we did pretty okay in the picks here. Uh, church, as usual, you, you, you picked some interesting ones. but um, So last week, uh, Church, you were wrong on Indy. We both, yeah. D-Mac and I have Buffalo. Uh, we all were wrong because Seattle let us down. Uh, we were all right because Tampa beat uh, Washington. D-Mac, you had the Ravens. We all had the Ravens, and we won there. Uh, all of us picked New Orleans. We won there. We all picked Pittsburgh and lost there. And everybody was right about the national championship game as Alabama ended up uh, uh, winning. Uh, I was the closest one. I had Bama winning by 10, 30, 41 to 31. <laughs> greatest team greatest team in college Just football for, history. Hello, hold on. No, we're not ending like that. Church, give us two minutes. Church, give us two minutes. He's not going to do that to well, us. Church, okay? got to go. First, church, church, no, you got to go. Church, enjoy no, first the first I can't no, no, no. You Justin Fields. Justin Fields. No. 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 Church wants to draft he Justin Fields. Next week. And we gonna crush that. No. No, <laughs> no Justin Fields. No Justin Fields. Draft Fields. Church. No, yes, do not, just, do not draft him. I'm on the slopes, man. Let me open this. That's right. Church got to slow. Church got to go. All right. I'm on the slopes. I'm all Tigers. I'm all Tigers. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?